Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Last day of the work week, Eagle Hour on a Friday. We continue the theme of being on the road live at Camp Shelby today as we get ready for Memorial Day weekend, always a special weekend in the United States of America. We'll be joined a little later with Tommy Lofton, uh, who is the director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby. Next segment, we'll talk to Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke, who will discuss an upcoming operation to be held here at Camp Shelby. But we're live at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. If you haven't been down here, it is an amazing place uh, to come. It's absolutely free, and it is a, it's just a, a absolutely excellent museum. Of course, uh, most important business to talk about in this first segment is uh, the Conference USA Baseball Tournament continues day three, and we got a nail biter going on as Southern Miss is taking on UTSA, and we'll go out live to the Pete right now with Bob Getty. Bob, it has been a a boxing match back and forth between the Golden Eagles and the Roadrunners. Top of the ninth right now. Let us know what's going on. All right, top of the ninth. Golden Eagles just got the first out in the top of the ninth as uh, the dog landed. Harper is in pitching. Brady Faust now playing third base. Luke is. They brought Faust in after a uh, after a double in the last inning. Faust stole third base and then scored on a sacrifice uh, from Will McGillis. So we're now in the top of the ninth, uh, one down. Uh, let's see, Flores batting for San Antonio. Big crowd. I'm sure you were out here earlier today. You're right, back and forth. Uh, San Antonio took the lead in the third inning. The Golden Eagles tied it in the bottom of the third. San Antonio back on top in the sixth. The Eagles put up three in the bottom of the sixth. And San Antonio, as we're speaking, has just hit a home run. So a home run with uh, one out in the top of the ninth has given San Antonio the lead. But as I was saying, Golden Eagles has scored three in the bottom of the sixth. San Antonio two in the top of the seventh. They both score in the eighth. And with one out here in the top of the ninth, uh, the Roadrunners have just hit a hit a home run over the center field wall and now lead uh, Luke by the score of 76. It's back and forth like we expected. And, uh, man, I'm going to tell you what, uh, two gritty teams out here this morning. Yeah, so San Antonio with a one-out home run to center field in the top of the ninth. They take a 7-6 to six lead over Southern Miss. Both teams exchanged runs in the bot in the top and bottom of the third inning. Two two Eagles responded back and went up 
five to three, and then UTSA responded in the seventh and the eighth. Golden Eagles got a run in the bottom of the eighth, and now UTSA uh, leading seven uh, to six. This is the winners bracket, the bottom uh, bracket, but the winners bracket, winner side of the bottom bracket in conference USA. Louisiana Tech not playing today after they won their second round game against Old Dominion, so Tech uh, not playing today. And the reason the Eagles had to play early this morning is on uh, Wednesday because they were only able to get three games in. Kind of uh, the the last game was pushed forward to the next day. But but Bob, as you were saying, I mean, I was out there for the first seven innings of the game. An absolutely great crowd uh, for a 10 a.m. game on a Friday for Southern Miss. Oh yeah, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's, uh, it's probably five thousand people out here today. I do hear earlier, Luke, and uh, you know the the game kind of turned on two big things. There was a really close play at home. And San Antonio scored first. They reviewed that play. They uh, they ended up calling the runner safe. And then uh, I guess it would have been in the sixth inning or check out the seventh inning uh, with two outs. Uh, Southern Miss makes a really rare error at left field, uh, misjudged the fly ball, reshoeing, and uh, that scored a couple of runs. The Eagles have battled back, but uh, every time the Eagles try to extend the lead, San Antonio fights right back. You know. Guys, one of the great things about tournament baseball, too, is I'm out here by the Golden Eagle bullpen, and you've got Old Dominion players out here watching the game with Southern Miss players. Justin Storm warming up now in case he's uh, called in. But what an atmosphere, guys. Uh, you had players from two different teams out here in a bullpen watching the ball game together. Uh, huge crowd, uh, all sorts of uh, activity and fun. And uh, I'll tell you what, guys, it's going to be sad not to have any more conference tournaments here at uh, the Pete Taylor Park. Well, let's see, there's a fly ball in the left field, so there are now two outs in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, San Antonio with 12 hits, the Golden Eagles with 10, and the Golden Eagles with that costly error. Lee Johnson, sometimes one play, that uh, play in left field makes a huge difference. That's one of the great things about baseball, can turn on one play. Yeah, and in, in this game right now, there's really two plays that have plagued the, the Eagles. One is what they're having to deal with with an error in left field that allowed UTSA to uh, to get a run. But back in the third inning, if if our listeners weren't aware of what was happening, there was a uh, there was a runner on first and third. Ball was hit up the middle. Dickerson got the force out at second, and then the runner at third broke home. Dickerson threw home, and it was initially called safe. I was listening to John and Jack talk about it, and they replayed it and actually showed it on the replay screen in left field. The, uh, the the runner, uh, as John and Jack described, actually missed home, and Blake Johnson tagged him not once but twice. That He was called safe. He went, went to the review. They came back, uh, kept the decision, and so UTSA got on the board. And then because of the inning stayed alive, because that wasn't an out, there was actually an out right after that, uh, UTSA got two runs there. So you're, if you're frustrated right now, you know, Eagles – Score right now should be six to four if you don't have that error. So, uh, Eagles, if if they weren't able to pull this one out, obviously uh, there's there's uh, a few fingers to point around, including at themselves. Right now, Eagles. I think Bob, uh, the last out was recorded, so we held head to the bottom of the ninth uh, for uh, for Southern Miss, and it looks like it will be two, three, and four. So Dickerson, Ewing, and Sargent will be up for the Golden Eagles, and that's the guys you want to get on base and get RBIs. Right. Well, that's exactly right. You got uh, you got some of your best guys coming up, so it's uh, going to come down right here. Whether the Golden Eagles can uh, put another one up on the board, obviously, you'd like to have two. And in this, on a side note, Luke, and uh, while we're waiting for action to resume, ODU kids are back here, as I said, in the bullpen. It was interesting uh, 
hubbub around the tournament yesterday when uh, apparently seven or eight of the ODU bats were ruled illegal and taken out of play. Can you elaborate on that for our listeners? Yeah, just talking to people around the ballpark, these bats are tested, you know, before a series or before a tournament, and they test, you know, roughly around 50 bats or so. So so before the first game of the uh, the tournament, Old Dominion actually had, I think, around eight bats that were tossed out because they didn't meet specifications. They still, though, with the rest of their bats, hit seven home runs in the first game. Um, and so they actually, before their uh, their game against Louisiana Tech yesterday, they had another bat that was disqualified. So anyway, um, I'm sure if you're out there, Bob, you can testify to how big the Old Dominion kids are in real life. Well, I'm actually looking at some of them right now, and, and if I didn't know better, I might think that these were the, uh, the linebacking core for their football team. Yeah, they're uh, they're really really big. There's a uh, no question, big physical baseball team, and of course, it was odd how ineffective they were at the plate yesterday against Louisiana Tech, but uh, nevertheless, to hit the ball. All right, first out recorded uh, in the top of the bottom of the ninth inning as uh, we fly out to shortstop. So, Luke, we're down to. We're down to two outs, or the Golden Eagles going to be playing again tonight at 5.30? Yeah, how the bracket breaks down right after this game, Old Dominion and Charlotte will play in an elimination game. First pitch is supposed to be at 1.30. It'll be it'll probably be closer to about 2.15 or, or 2.20 or so. If Southern Miss were to lose this game, they would turn around and play FAU. Uh, first pitch set for five. It'll probably be a little after that. So if the Eagles lose, they'd have to play twice today. Uh, the winner of this game will play a game tomorrow, and they'll be sitting high cotton at, at, at uh, two and zero. So they'll play at twelve thirty tomorrow. Uh, Louisiana Tech will play at nine a.m. in the morning in the winners bracket, and then of course you can have two games or you can have four games tomorrow, depending on uh, what what happens. And then the, the championship game at one o'clock on Sunday. The Eagles need to win this one, uh, Bob. Uh, and, and if they don't, they're in a tough spot. You know, taking on FAU. Uh, as, as Reese Ewings is now up to, to the plate, UTSA leading Southern Miss one out in the bottom of the ninth, seven to six. What's the atmosphere right now there? Well, it's pretty electric. Three and one is the count on Ewing. Of course, USM crowd up and roaring, uh, stomping their feet. You know, it's just a fantastic atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park. Is there, if there's a better place to uh, play college baseball, I'm not aware of it. There's a three-two pitch right there, so it's a full count. On uh, Ewing here, Luke, with just one out uh, here in the in the bottom of the ninth. But yeah, just a fantastic atmosphere, a lot of excitement, lots of gold everywhere you look. And uh, right now, about five thousand people hoping Reese Ewing can pull out some uh, Taylor Park magic here, my brother. We're up against the break, so we'll let you go, Bob. We'll check out uh, check up with you later. Uh, cheer for us, and uh, we'll Bye, be man. following the game. And uh, it's Bob Getty live from Pete Taylor Park. Golden Eagles down one run in the bottom of the ninth. Reese Ewing with a full count. And uh, But we've got a great day for you. We're live here at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Uh, when we come back from our commercial break, we'll be talking to Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke as he will discuss Operation Pershing Strike. And then a little later, Tommy Lofton, who's the director of the Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby, will be joining us. Hold your breath because Reese Ewing has just walked. Christopher Sargent coming to the plate. Eagles are down one in the bottom of the ninth. Pete Taylor Park Magic during the break. Eagle Hour continues right after this.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour live today at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum on Camp Shelby as we get ready for Memorial Day weekend. During the commercial break, Eagles get the tying run to second base but unable to get it across, so the Eagles are defeated by UTSA by a final of 7-6. to six. What that means is Southern Miss now in the loser's bracket. They will take a short about a three-and-a-half-hour break, four-hour break, and they will come back and play FAU in an elimination game at 5 p.m. That should be first pitch. It should be probably a little later than that, probably between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. UTSA advances tomorrow. Well, they will take on the winner of the elimination game tonight. So Eagles uh, still have that, you know, hosting dream alive, uh, but will have to uh, do something at 5 o'clock later today. We're live at Camp Shelby. Happy to be joined now with Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke, who is assigned here at Camp Shelby. And Sergeant Major, thank you so much for taking some time today and joining us you're welcome my pleasure so let's talk about an upcoming operation and uh pershing strike that is going to be taking place later in the summer here and and just for the layman's language it's a big stinking deal oh yes sir it is absolutely yeah it's a uh so it's going to involve about you know seven eight thousand troops from uh, each component of the army the you know regular army army reserve and national guard so when we talk about because you know lay people they Anytime anybody in uniform comes across, we thank them for their service. But, you know, within the Army, you just you just mentioned, uh, you know, a branch of the military as well as the National Guard and, and the reserves. And for the, the lay guy out there that may not understand the different components to it, when he comes in his mind, tell us about that. So, you know, you got the regular Army, you know, like units like 101st Airborne and then all the training support battalions and brigades out there um, that are at, like, your normal, you know, Army bases, you know, Fort Campbell, Fort Benning, places like that. Then you have a place like Camp Shelby, which is a National Guard training installation. It's one of the largest ones in the U.S. Uh, with over 200,000 acres to train on. Right? Wow. Uh, a lot of state-of-the-art facilities. So uh, having a exercise this magnitude here in Mississippi is a big deal. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's high visibility, you know, from uh, Forces Command all the way down the gambit of, uh, you know, those four-star command levels. Uh, really look at this stuff and see how we exercise and conduct these operations. Um, units come here from all over. Um, in this particular exercise, uh, you know, you'll have National Guard, Army Reserve, and regular Army units uh, here participating in this exercise. Um, it's named after General John Pershing, uh, who was the first expeditionary force commander during World War One, and he was a reservist. Wow. Yeah. So, that's, that's pretty special. Yeah. yeah. So when we're dealing, you're, you're talking about the magnitude of personnel, seven to 8,000. That That is swelling uh, Camp Shelby, what, double, triple? How many personnel are so, here? So that, that, that happens here all the time. You know, uh, you know, folks don't really realize it, right, because it's not on a billboard or something. You yeah. know, but um, you got all components, uh, all branches of service come here to train, uh, from the Marine Corps to the Coast Guard. They come here and everything in between. They come here, uh, federal agencies come here, uh, and civilian agencies, you know, civilian law enforcement agencies. You know, he's got a whole huge gamut of people, that, uh, you know, uniformed services that come here to train all during the year. It's just during the summertime, that's the peak, right, if you got units conducting their annual training period. So seven 8,000 is not uncommon for Camp yeah. Shelby. So the uniqueness of Operation Pershing Strike is because it involves these different components. Correct. But in the actual, 
you know, operation? Will it, will it be u- the uniqueness of, of what takes place, you know, during that during the actual operation itself? Yes. So the uniqueness about this is you bring in all these components, right? All these reserve components and active components together to focus on one deliberate task. So that's that's kind of the big deal piece of this. How do these entities talk, communicate, and train together? You know, because you, you other than a real mobilization, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan campaigns, you know, you, you didn't really have that going on. Well, this is why they do this. It's an exercise to exercise these plans, you know, to bring these components together to, to communicate and to train together. So, that, yeah, it just allows everybody, like in, if, if we were to go to war or have to uh, or be attacked, these guys would all be serving together. And oh. so it's, it's events and exercises like this that allow them to, to simulate that. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people in South Mississippi, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, don't don't realize how big Camp Shelby is. They just says down there on around 49 somewhere, you know, on the left side of the road or the right side of the road. But, I mean, it has been used, like you said, as, as training for uh, for the war on terror, and it's just because of the size of it and because it's in a rural environment. You know, it's easy to, to simulate and replicate what we might find throughout the world. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like I said before, it's over 200,000 acres of, of training area and uh, state-of-the-art facilities. You have the aerial gunnery range, you know, the tank range uh just in the close quarters combat ranges so i mean there's a lot of facilities and a lot of assets here on the ground the, the digital stuff the communication assets um just it's just it's just huge you know i mean uh, a lot of a lot of entities out there don't know that it's here so uh trust me if you just make a phone call drop an email you know there's a there's a brief we can give you and we can say hey welcome to camp shelby come train with us so we're talking to Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke. We're live, Eagle Hour live today at the uh, Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. be talking to Tommy Lofton in the next segment, who's the director here. Uh, if you're just kind of joining us, uh, we're kind of in, in a state of uh, shock right now. Southern Miss knocked off in the Conference USA uh, tournament 7-6 to six now in the loser's bracket. They will uh, play again today at 5 o'clock against FAU. Uh, but Sergeant Major Luke, it, it is Memorial Day, and uh, and that's why we're here to talk about these things. And, you know, I, I guess sometimes we all get caught up in our jobs, even in, in the military. And uh, for, for you as an, as an officer and for you, you know, as uh, in, in the military, what does this, this weekend mean for you as you are I'm looking at you right now in uniform? Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, Memorial Day is, is, is just to recognize, uh, you know, the, the ones that gave that ultimate sacrifice. Um, you know, it may be a family member, friend, or someone that you know of or, or know about uh, in passing or, or whatever, and it's just that time of the year to, to recognize that ultimate sacrifice that's been done uh, by these great Americans. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And, and I guess if you haven't served, um, it, it just, for those of you guys that have served, it just it hits you a little different. I mean, it, it, it does. It, yeah. at, at a different level. So uh, getting ready for this summer, Operation Pershing Strike, uh, where just there will be an enormous amount of personnel here. And, it, and like you said, it happens all the time, and it just happens like right under our nose. But let's talk about for a minute and, and go in a little more detail, as you said earlier. I've, I've always heard you know people around New Augusta that say, man, we're a bunch of guns going off at night. I mean, this oh, is, yeah. there's a like, full-fledged tank range here in, in South Mississippi, and it's just kind of hard you know, to, to imagine when you're just driving down 49 or, or going 98 towards Mobile. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that can carry out modern warfare is here in South Mississippi. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know the the people that live local when they when they hear that thirty five millimeter you know Vulcan cannon off an ATM Warhog, it, it it's a significant emotional event for people in their living room hearing that. So, my dog too at home absolutely. enjoys hearing that. <laughs> living in Purvis, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's I was gonna say though it, it's comforting 
living here. Some people who aren't familiar with it will visit us. Stuff's going on, especially in the summer. Hear that. And we go, what is that? What's going on? Where I was like, that's Camp Shelby. They're training. We're okay with it. They can do it as much as they want because it, it's knowing that uh, uh, everybody's here doing that, and oh, that's yeah. right here in our backyard. Now, now, with that said, late July, early August, can we expect, because of this unique operation, there to be more sounds at night than, than normal? Yeah, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're talking tanks, gunfire, oh, all everything. Of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so in, in an operation like this, I mean, you're you're not just allowing these guys to, to, to serve together. Every component of an actual operation, so airfare, ground fare, tank fare, all that stuff, yeah, I mean it's tailored to the the specific units that we're exercising for the for a mock mobilization. Uh, you know, whatever type of unit that is, it could be an infantry unit, could be a brigade combat team, could be a field artillery brigade. You know, uh, it, it could be a, the whole gamut of of the Army arsenal. Whatever their mission set is, is what they train on. So engineer specific could be military police specific. It could be the whole gamut of that. Uh, so this summer it'll be a. Uh, It'll be an MP brigade uh, and the other assets that come along with that, you know, uh, an MP battalion, um, battalions, you know, multiple units, uh, an engineer brigade, a mouse unit battalion. So they'll be doing field operations, demolitions. So it'll be a lot more explosions going on. Uh, so it's, it's things like that. You'll hear a lot of noises. A lot, a lot of noises. Of yeah, a lot of noises. Well, that, that, and as Michael said, that's okay because that means you guys are doing what you need to do to uh, to take uh, take care of all of us on a Memorial Day uh, weekend. We remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Um, but just to thank you, sir, um, for for your service to our country, and uh, you know for for being a part of these things that cause us to be able. The only thing that keeps us up at night is, in, in America is maybe the sounds of the guys that are, that are doing exercises. So for all of us here at Super Talk, we greatly appreciate everything that you do, sir. Anytime, absolutely. Now, Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke, who is assigned here at Camp Shelby, Operation Persian Strike happening a little later this summer in uh, late July and, and uh, early August, and just again speaks about how special a place Camp Shelby is, a great history uh, of Camp Shelby in uh, the United States military history. And we're going to talk a little more about that when we come back from from our next commercial break. Tommy Lofton, who's the director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby, will be joining us. And uh, Eagles go down 7-6 to six to UTSA. They will play again a little later this afternoon and take on the FAU Owls. Eagle Hour on the road today on this Friday. We'll be back right after these commercial messages. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour on a Friday. Been on the road more this week than we've been in the studio. The Southern Bancor 
studio, remote studio, Michael Mergens, we shall say. (laughs) He's been at Pete Taylor Park a couple days. We're at the uh, Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby today as we get ready for this Memorial Weekend. Golden Eagles go down 7-6 to UTSA. They will play again later today. Uh, anywhere, I think, probably from 5 to 6 o'clock. First pitch is set for 5, uh, but Old Dominion and Charlotte will, won't get started on time. So, uh, anyway, need you out there at the Pete this afternoon. Come back out again. Southern Miss uh, le- loses 7-6. to six. Landon Harper gives up a, a home run in the top of the ninth. Golden Eagles get the tying run at second base, but can't get him across. So, they'll be in the loser's bracket uh, this afternoon, ODU and Charlotte coming up next. We are live at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby, and a uh, good friend, Tommy Lofton, who is like the definite article, capital T-H-E, the director of this museum. What's up, buddy? What's happened, friend? I haven't seen you in a while. Man, you're looking good today. Y'all have these events, so you wear this suit and <laughs> yeah. tie and stuff like that. You don't see me in a suit, do you? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, stuff going on today, right? Yeah, so we had our Memorial Day ceremony this morning. Uh, you know, every year going into Memorial Day weekend, we want to set some time aside for folks uh, to honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. So... Uh, we had uh, Representative Manley Barton here to speak and reflect a good bit on some of it was on his own service in Vietnam and, and witnessing you know sacrifice that kind of thing and that was powerful and then uh, we honored the family of a Marine from Braxton Mississippi named Henry Lee Keene and he was killed in action on the closing days if you will of the fighting on Iwo Jima. And we were very fortunate and, and blessed to have his artifacts here at the museum. Now, wow. His sister came and donated these during COVID, and uh, we have put them on display right as you uh, sort of exit our World War II exhibits. You'll see his dress blue uniform, his dog tags, his purple heart, his last letter home to his mother, wow. and the telegram that his mother received notifying her of his death. And then there's a unique piece in there, too, a, a photograph you'll see of his headstone uh, where he was buried on Iwo Jima. After some time, they uh, decided to remove all the remains from Iwo and uh, either take them to the Punchbowl Cemetery in Hawaii or bring them back to their home states. And his family elected to have him back here. Mm. So he actually uh, was then taken from Iwo Jima and brought to Vicksburg, to the National Military Park, and buried there. Wow. And so we actually have the flag that draped his coffin uh, from Iwo Jima all the way back here and was used in his funeral in Vicksburg. So that's on wow. display. What well. branch was he? Uh, Marine Corps. He wow. was in the Marine Corps, 5th Marine Division. Wow. So uh, we were able to honor him. His sister was here uh, today. I think probably one of his last only living you know, family members to remember him uh, going to war, and she... You could tell she definitely looked up to him. It was a very emotional day for her, but also uh, a day of pride for her as well, I think, to uh, honor and remember her brother. And you know, That's our mission here is to try to remember those who have uh, worn the uniform and uh, especially those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And Memorial Day is always an important time frame for us uh, as the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Indeed, and, and one of the important missions that this museum serves as you said you remembered one specific marine today but a lot of a lot of school kids come in here in the month of may they get done with those school state testing and uh, they deserve a day out you know of class and but their teachers bring them here and one of the things we were talking about during the break is i mean kids kids eat this museum up man they love it it's been great you know we've had a probably a couple thousand actually uh since 
the holiday time frame, uh, at least the spring, I guess you could say, as far as field trips go. It's been great to see students back in here because for so long, you know, some of them even said this was their first field trip to ever get to go on. So, uh, and it's been cool to see. You know, we hear all the time, oh, they're not learning this or teaching this in school or teaching that. Oh, there's there's some schools, at least in Mississippi, who are actually taking the time and some teachers are doing a great job in educating their students on history, even if it's uh, maybe a little out of the curriculum yeah. uh, or they take a few extra days of liberty there to to do that. And we appreciate that, and it's awesome to see them come through and not only let us know what they know, but absorb even more. Uh, and, you know, keep up the good work for all the teachers that are out there listening. Talking to Tommy Lofton, the director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby. Reason this summer to come to the museum because some new stuff's going to yeah. be coming in. So we, in a, just a few weeks, will have literally a convoy of military equipment that will go pretty much from the Revolutionary War to now of stuff coming from Anniston Army Depot. Uh, a lot of this will be artillery pieces from World War One, the caissons that accompany that. Uh, we've got some weapons carriers, jeeps, and other things from, from World War II, uh, Vietnam, uh, M113 transport yeah. coming in, you know, that kind of stuff. So, in fact, we've already got one of the pieces a little ahead of time here uh, is in our lobby we just put on display, and it's a medical cart from 1917. And you'll see it out there. It's Big, beautiful wooden thing was drawn by uh, one horse or mule, and it was actually designed to take medics to the front lines, to the trenches in World War One, and then while there could retrieve uh, those that were wounded or those who had paid the ultimate sacrifice and remove their remains from the battlefield to get them to the rear to uh, either bury or ship home. So uh, that's one of those items that, you know, you pass by and you're like, oh, it's a wooden wagon, but... If you pay close attention to it, you'll see a red cross on the side. It still has U.S. painted on the side of it, and it's it served an important role in our military and uh, I guess it has a tie to Memorial Day as well. Let's talk about summer tours. Uh, people got you know, it's wide open now with, with kids, and there's families out there that, that, that may be traveling through the Hattiesburg area or, or local families as well, you know, and, man, Take, they need to take a day, and they need to come to this museum. Definitely. You know, if nothing else, it's some free air conditioning. You know, we're <laughs> open uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 4. We're free to the public. So uh, we do have some, some You need, you uh, need to say that again. Okay. How much does it cost to get it in this museum? Free. How zero, much is that? Zero dollars. And zero uh, cents. And zero cents. Yeah, free to the public. Uh, it is a state facility. We do have, you know, a gift shop. We do take donations, and that's what helps us to continue to build up our exhibits and, and keep these artifacts in good shape. But, um, yeah, 100% free to the public, uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 4. We'll be open this summer. We're open on Monday. Uh, if you're looking for something to do on Memorial Day and uh, want to take a, a few minutes there to go through with, with your family and reflect on why we're Americans and, as Mississippians, what we have to be proud of and, and honor those who pay the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms we enjoy it's a great day to do it and, we'll and be here. one of the things that i always do on memorial day i'll just go back and i'll read citations particularly with with medal of honor recipients and one of the I, it's probably the most special place to me in this museum is you, you walk in the the hall of honor mm -hmm. the and, yeah. and it's all of our local guys mm -hmm. people, uh, it's pe not even all of them it's just what we have on display right now people need uh, to know roy wheat People oh, need to yeah, people need yeah. to know Mac Jordan. Definitely. People need to know Ralph Slayton. People need to know these guys yeah. that, in, when you read their stories and what they went through, you know, Ralph Slayton is from Laurel, right. and you read about. I mean, he survived World War II, but he took out like two or three machine gun nests, and his his M1 Garand jammed, and so he he took out the enemy with like two hand grenades and like bayonet. And I'm just like. 
Yeah. Yeah, like that dude's from Jones County, man. Right. I mean, and, and or charging. Mac, Mac Jordan, I mean, they actually made a, yeah. a little comic book about him after he gave his life in Korea. I That's mean, exactly right. Ira Wilburn's another one in there that yes. uh, is sort of overlooked unless you're from Jones County, but that's one that literally a general or eventually president Dwight Eisenhower said was one of his top mentors. In fact, he had two people that he talked about or wrote about or referenced as mentors in his military career and leadership. Ira Welburn from Jones County is one and Fox Connor from Slate Springs, Mississippi is the other. Wow. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of stuff in here. You may or may not feel like you've been through tons of military museums or have seen or heard a lot. But, but, I but it's special, though. I mean, Too Tall Freeman right down the road in yeah. Bendale. I yeah. mean, what he did in, in Vietnam early on in the war. I mean, it's, it, it just seems as if there's a – for as rural and as, you know, less densely populated, mm -hmm. there is a crazy military history of South Mississippi. Oh, yes. We have a lot to be proud of. And, and that's that's uh, what we're all about in helping people know that, remember that, and, uh, and learn from this. So we would love to have – folks show up here anytime uh and again we will be open we're normally closed on mondays but we will be open this for, Monday, memorial, for day. memorial day now now we need to mention this sure uh coming attractions <laughs> there is some talk in the wind of some future plans for this museum this whatever you can share on that. uh this is true we're uh, unable to continue to expand in our current location and we're looking at the opportunity and possibility with the state and uh, very closely to Shelby relocating. And uh, I'll just say outright along Highway 49 and uh, making something much bigger, bigger and better. You know, when this museum was built, uh, we opened in 2001 just a few weeks after 9-11. And there was no plan for a 20-year war with Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's probably one of our smallest exhibit areas, which is a shame. Uh, so our goal is to try to build something where we can expand it and honor those folks, some of which are still in uniform. I mean, you've talked to some yeah. of them uh, already today and things. So that's uh, extremely important to us. We're actually excited we're getting a drone, or we have a drone. We're getting it uh, in the exhibit here soon, hanging from the ceiling, so folks will see some new stuff within our GWAT exhibit. But, um, yeah, we're we're Looking forward to the future and looking to bring the state something even bigger and better with military history displays here in the near future. Tommy, appreciate all you do. And, uh, man, outstanding job you guys do here. Thanks for all Thank that you. you do. Thank you. Southern Miss to the top. That's it. Tommy Lofton, the director of the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. We're going to go back and talk to Bob Getty as the Eagles uh, drop a winner's bracket game. They're, they're not out yet. They will regroup and uh, take on FAU later in the afternoon. Eagle Hour live from Camp Shelby right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the week, live at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby as we are 
remembering those who have given the ultimate sacrifice as we go into Memorial Day. I would encourage you come down to this uh, come down to this museum absolutely free. See our our heroes that have given it all, and uh, come learn uh, all that this museum has to offer. Uh, our good friend Tommy Lofton, the director here, who spent the last segment with it. Great stuff. So Southern Miss uh, goes down to UTSA by a score of seven to six. Eagles uh, will rest up during uh, this Old Dominion and Charlotte elimination game, and then they'll come back at at 5 p.m. We'll talk to Bob Getty here in in just a moment, Uh, just some instant reaction from that. But uh, Harper takes the loss. Waldrop went five and two-thirds innings, gave up seven hits, three runs, struck out eight, walked two. Rhodes and then Ramsey came in. Harper gave up the home run in the top of of the ninth. Golden Eagles on offense. Uh, Pato and Blake Johnson, the eight and nine hitters, were the only guys that had multiple hits. Uh, Ewing and Sargent and Wilkes with three RBIs. Of course, Blake Johnson with two RBIs on that home run earlier in uh, the game. Will, do we have Bob Getty? Will, Will. We got him. Awesome. So uh, we'll go out to Bob. Bob Eagles dropped seven to uh, to six to UTSA. Just some uh, some instant uh, takeaways from you. It was a it was a back and forth game, and Eagles now have to rebound pretty quick and get ready for FAU at five o'clock. Right, five o'clock, tough FAU team. You know, Luke, uh, you guys both know that the baseball is a game that uh, is really a game of inches, and you can look back on several things that occurred during the game. Uh, you know, the call of home plate was close, could have gone either way. Uh, that goes UTS's way late in the game. We uh, had one out uh, right after Ramsey had come in. Uh, ball hit the first base, ground ball. Looks like it's going to be a routine play. Uh, where the pitcher takes the toss from the first baseman at first, it gets the second out. Uh, the UTSA guy just outruns the pitcher to first base. I think he ended up scoring. And, uh, you know, you have one pitch in the ninth inning. You get the, you get three out of the four batters out, but you have one pitch in the ninth inning that gets away from you, uh, and they hit it over the wall. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's a game of inches. We, we drop a, we drop what, Appeared to be a fairly routine, uh, not easy catch, but fairly routine fly ball to left field. Two-run score from, from that one arrow. And I think what you have to do is you just have to flush that stuff out, and you have to uh, move forward, and you have to know that uh, you got to play at 5 o'clock, and you you got to come back and play well. You do, and it'll be interesting to see what they, uh, what they do rotation-wise. I think there's a real chance, Bob, that we might could see Matt Adams in this game three. FAU has not seen him before. And, of course, Riggins, the plan was to pitch him tomorrow. But, I mean, you know, Eagles drop RPI right now. Warren Nolan has us updated. Uh, Eagles are at 15, so they drop eight spots uh, to 15. You, you've got to win to keep a national seed possibly alive. I think you can still win the tournament and possibly be the, the eighth seed. If you lose – uh, this afternoon, you're going to be somewhere, you know, in the mid-teens as far as a um, as far as a, a possible host. So Eagles need to win uh, today, get to tomorrow where they can lock up that host. You no think question. we'll see Adams, Riggins? Who you think we'll see at five? I think you may be right, and I've kind of heard that rumbling a little bit that we may see another change in the rotation. I, I think you may be on to something. I don't know that for sure, but. That would not surprise me. I think what you have to do is you have to take a little different look at your pitching philosophy now because now now to get to the championship game, you've got to win three games in two days. 
And uh, to win the tournament, you've got to win four games in two days. So certainly I would think that would change your strategy. Explain this to me, Luke Johnson. I don't understand RPI. How do you lose a one-run game to a 35-win team and you drop eight spots in the RPI? Well, it's because uh, where we are, all these teams are, are literally the RPI. It's like on a razor's edge. between Everybody's bunched up when you look at um, the records. And so it was just the fact that I probably we lost the first today. And it will probably correct itself, you know, a, a little later. The good thing is, it is a quad uh, quad one UTSA. They're at forty two. So if you lose to FAU, you are going to fall pretty good. But Eagles have not played FAU in two months. Now they played them uh, March eighteenth, uh, nineteenth, and twentieth. Eagles won nine to seven, six to four, and three to seven. I'm looking back on that March nineteenth game, Bob. Hunter Riggins went five and two thirds innings. Gave up four runs, but he struck out nine in a 100-pitch uh, outing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You may see Matt Adams, but the bullpen's got to do better today also. Yeah, the bullpen, uh, well, just didn't didn't come through like it has all year long. Uh, but, again, I mean, you go back to it. It was, you know, it was one bad pitch, really, uh, in the ninth inning, and, and the kid that threw the pitch has just been lights out. He was yep. lights out against UAB. He's been lights out all year. Uh, you know, the player that uh, reshoeing that drops the uh, ball in left field, well, what has reshoeing meant to the ball club all year? We saw when Reese got injured what he meant to the ball club. So these are, you know, these kids have, have come through all year, and I can almost assure you what Scott Barry's telling them is to flush this out, pay attention to the mistakes you made, and let's go. You know, the, the next game we play is going to be the most important game we play all year. My quick question to you, Luke, uh, do you have to win another game or two to be assured you're going to get regional? I'm sure that now is in the back of people's minds. I want to win today, and then then we'll be fine uh, tomorrow. So I think if we win today, we'll be fine. Hey, Bob, uh, music's hitting, so we got to let you go. I'll see you out the Pete here All right, in a little guys. bit. All right, buddy. Thank you. Golden Eagles uh, will regroup and, and uh, play again at 5 today. We'll catch you on Monday, or actually we'll catch you on Tuesday. Have a great Memorial Day. Come see this museum at Camp Shelby. We appreciate their hospitality today. As always, Southern Miss to the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.